Chapter 12, Conscious Incarnation 2. Conscious incarnation means that you allow life to birth and death you, moment to moment, according to the highest good. Think about it. Doesn't every moment have the potential to be a life-changing moment? Conscious incarnation is an infinite practice. In a nutshell, when we surrender to what is divinely ordered by life, life will resolve whatever it is that keeps us stuck. Truly, we are consciousness in human form now. Death is not one moment of your life, but every moment in your life. At this point in the practice, you know that in dealing with what keeps you stuck, the first step is to come to complete peace, acceptance, and love of life unconditionally. This practice won't stop the aging process, as you call it, so your body will still go through its natural changes. But when you are at peace with life, when you have dropped all resistance to the natural changes that occur, you will be peaceful with those changes and accept them as divinely guided by the order of life, which is God. As you come to terms with the natural changes in your body and feel peaceful with them, you will be led to no longer fear and resist the moment of your own death on a basic physical level. You will allow death to happen naturally. I'm in no way condoning suicide for suicide's sake because suicide has nothing to do with allowing death to happen naturally as a part of life. Because death is not a one-time thing as our culture has taught us, I'm suggesting you not look at death as the end of your physical lifetime because it is not. See your death as nothing more than another moment in the process of life. See it as an ever-present moment, a moment that brings about change, and these moments of change happen over and over again. As you know, fear in our minds affects your body, whether at the moment of death or before. Since death happens every moment, why fear? The truth is essential to accepting the divine course of your life and minimizing disease. We will continually keep choosing to keep our classic self alive instead of letting it constantly die and move on and die and move on. Begin practicing now and you will find your consciousness expanding more quickly and that will spread to others around you. This is the foundation necessary for conscious incarnation. So what does it mean to allow both your physical and your emotional form to change and then die as life sees fit? There are signs. You will no longer be the person you seem to be now. Things you were certain about will change. Everything will seem different and yet new. It's death's way of saying, that's over and done with. And because you practice conscious incarnation in every moment, your life will have less suffering because you've allowed life to naturally reduce your ignorance and you've accepted your remaining ignorance completely. In a flash of a moment, you can transcend. That is, move beyond something that has kept you down. No longer do you need sickness or suffering or an inescapable life sentence to raise your consciousness. All that falls away when you stop resisting moment by moment dying. You will find yourself at peace. You may even find yourself loving and appreciating the momentary presence of death. Practicing conscious incarnation cannot but transform your body into greater well-being. It cannot help but raise your consciousness and the consciousness of other beings as well. All life everywhere on some level. And not only on a spiritual level. The highest good is the highest good for the greatest number of beings. Not only on a spiritual level, but in actual form, an actual being. Once you begin conscious incarnation, others will also have a greater opportunity to experience more health, love, and acceptance, simply because you are doing the practice. When you follow the practice, we live in a relationship with life that is neither encouraging nor discouraging of any aspect of the life-death process as it progresses naturally. We accept all of it. In doing so, we allow the life-death process to become more efficient, thereby increasing the rate of transformation of all beings. Moreover, we are no longer a prisoner of time, circumstance, or any belief or perceptions we may hold. They resolve, we let go, 
In this way, we assist in helping all of life move into the greatest good. To the extent you love and accept the moment of your death as having a purpose within life, your acceptance of death will become a powerful force, enabling you to change more rapidly, to transform more easily. By transform, I mean you will allow your form to change, which is the physical evidence of the spiritual awakening. You will have many such changes. When your form is not happy, it's a sign that your spirit is not happy. And when your spirit isn't happy, neither is your form. When you allow yourself to be in a space of love, peace, and acceptance, and allow life to bring you death and life, life will transform you. Your form will change. The body doesn't lie. In my opinion, God gave us bodies to enable us to see what we were unable to see without them. We are a spiritual nature in a body because our spirit needs to be brought to a higher level of consciousness. And the body is the form God is using in our lifetime to show us when we are unconscious and where we are stuck. Truly, it is one of the miracles of the flesh that it makes us conscious of what escapes our conscious awareness. Death is neither the enemy of life nor the opposite of life. Death is the co-creative energy within life. Life brings change and so does death. It is a marvelous balance. As we move deeper into the conscious incarnation, we more and more love and accept and be with life. We don't carry around unresolved issues. We don't try and understand We simply love and accept. We expend less energy as we allow life to bring us into a higher consciousness. Here's another truth. The degree to which you unconditionally accept life is proportional to your rate of transformation. And the degree to which you unconditionally accept life is inversely proportional to the amount of disease you will experience. Let change happen. To more and more fully experience the transformative power of life, it is essential to embrace all the possibilities that life may bring. As we surrender more deeply to all the possibilities of change from a place of unconditional love without resistance, then we give life a chance to affect us without unnecessary disease, with less disease created by our resistance. When we keep ourselves alive in a space of sickness, it means we are attached to being that which we believe we are. We keep ourselves alive even though our form is sick, even though it isn't working. This is a clear sign that we are back to believing in free will, that we keep alive our suffering even though that energy could be better used for the greater good. There will still be signs of physical illness because a certain amount is necessary for growth and consciousness. I mentioned my own experience with neck and arm pain, which told me something about resistance. That turned out to be necessary for growing consciousness. It helped me understand my spirit and what it needed. It was my life instruction that we can eliminate all necessary illness by not resisting. Life in its marvelous order. Life changes are inevitable anyway. Let's get out of our own way and let change happen. Life and death bring change. There is no day that we don't die, no moment that we don't die on some level. As I said in the last chapter, death of the physical body is not a fail-safe manner of transformation. Death cannot be transformational unless conscious incarnation has been practiced in life. By this, I mean that in order for transformation to occur, a sense of peace must envelope the body before and during the moment of death. The more peace that is present, the greater the degree of transformation. The more you practice this in the moments of your life before death, the more your death will transform you. When you have a full conscious awareness of death, not only in your mind, but also in your body, and that awareness is not impeded by fear or doubt, then your own naturally occurring death can bring spontaneous closure and resolution where needed. 
because you have practiced conscious incarnation during the moments of your life that preceded the death of your body, life through death will effortlessly remove your unconsciousness and allow higher consciousness to arise. Transformation at the moment of death, per se, can only happen to its fullest extent if you realize and accept that death is not a once-in-a-lifetime occurrence. You see that the body is present every moment as well as a moment-by-moment naturally occurring option. Another benefit of conscious incarnation is that when we no longer fear and resist the moment of our own death, our soul memory can no longer affect ourselves with disease in this lifetime and throughout the eternal process of life. By practicing in this lifetime, you may still have some physical illness left, but since life is infinite, you can practice again in your next form, with even fewer opportunities for disease. At some future point, you will have no resistance left, no disease, no form. Remember, life is dedicated to the sole purpose of transforming our unconsciousness into a higher consciousness, so when you allow life to steer, what happens? No fear, no disease, and higher consciousness. This is conscious incarnation. It is not unreasonable to expect that as we transform, we can expect multiple lifetimes of enlightenment, not in a different body, but within a single, ever-changing physical form. I call this process conscious incarnation. Enlightenment can happen in a single moment, and it can happen in a momentary form. As a life form, we are momentary. When you look at the age of the universe, we are here for but a moment. If there is any doubt, consider the lifetime of a human being compared to the lifetime of the universe. As you move deeper into conscious incarnation, you will understand that you don't do anything to make it happen. A healthy absence of self allows the absence of disease because without ego, you don't see life as something happening to you. You don't judge it. You just watch it happen. This is seeing life through God's eyes. Then we no longer see ourselves as separate from God. The illusion of separateness from God is what separates us from God. We cannot be separated from God, for we are in life. You also won't engage all that emotional energy around death and dying that you're so used to, because you'll understand that emotions are unsustainable if you want to grow in conscious awareness and allow life to transform your own ignorance and unconsciousness. Conscious incarnation means you become conscious in the flesh. Consciousness defines your flesh, our bodies. You are no longer a prisoner of the flesh. You don't blame the flesh. You are a prisoner only of the limitations you place on the possibilities of life and what it can bring and how it can change. That is what makes you a prisoner of restrictions you impose on your body and on the conscious ability of the body to change, which it will do infinitely. You don't have to be a slave to anything until you die or be a prisoner of something until you die or be sick until you die. If you are still on the fence about this, consult your intuition and ask yourself, what choice is in the highest good? Is it an ongoing emotional experience that will inevitably contribute to increased suffering and sickness and sabotage enlightenment for me and for everyone else? Or is it practicing living in a way that embraces consciousness and welcomes enlightenment, a way that benefits me and everyone else as it relieves suffering and sickness? What answer does your intuition give you? When life can do its thing and meet with no resistance from you, then you become new at a faster pace. New, because at every possible moment you will practice releasing any and all resistance. New, because you've learned that resistance brings disease and sickness and suffering, and you've surrendered the personal choice to have disease and sickness in this moment or in the moments that follow. As you transform, this new you will lose its need to understand, to know why, and to survive. The new you will love more and more from an intuitive knowing. 
easily releasing emotions because you've seen the truth and the suffering they've caused. When we surrender to conscious incarnation, we don't resist at all. We also don't understand and we don't judge. We let it all be as it is. Moment to moment, we die to our need to change anything except our acceptance of change. At times, you will surely have to walk this journey alone. But never forget that there are other beings who are with you in community. They have the same point of focus as you do, and you can walk together in that space of acceptance, whether it is in bodily form or in conscious awareness. Don't have an expectation of what your life is supposed to be. Don't have an expectation of anything or anyone. Don't expect your wife or your husband to walk the path of greater consciousness with you. Don't expect your kids to. Maybe no one will come with you. On a daily basis, though, most of us are not surrounded by people who walk with conscious incarnation as a focus. To embrace the life-death process and conscious incarnation is completely contrary to what most people do, to what most people believe, and to how most people live. What to do? You probably already know. Let go and accept. Let the feelings you have about other people die, whether they are walking with you focused on conscious incarnation or not. Be at peace with the fact that many people around you will continue to learn the same way they have always learned, the hard way. You will have to watch them suffer, so be it. Have unconditional compassion for them, but allow them to suffer as long as they need to. As I've said, there are many ways to grow in consciousness, and suffering is one of them. If people have to bounce off the bumpers of life, crash and suffer, then that's what some people have to do. You might prefer to learn that way too, even as you engage in the practice. Yet, if you stick with the practice, you'll move past the need to learn through suffering. We don't try. We don't make a lot of effort. Conscious incarnation and the potential for an acceleration in consciousness happens not because of effort, but because of surrender, because we release our ingrained resistance. We focus on our internal development as the natural path to enlightenment. We release the external, go within, cultivate deep inner peace, love, and acceptance. Only then can we experience the outer reality through the inner developed consciousness. The practice and conscious incarnation is about being who you are in a surrendered place of greatest enlightenment. It is about sharing your enlightenment with others whom life brings to you without trying to convert them. Practice having no expectations of the effect your own enlightenment will have on others. Surrender completely to the force of creation and to its source, God. Begin to practice these teachings and you will find your own consciousness expanding more quickly. This expanding consciousness will spread to others around you. It will also become painfully obvious if you cannot let go of something or someone, and then you can practice some more. Because you've practiced for a while now, you will immediately know what to do. Consciously surrender all relationships with all people and things. Allow life to show you where you need to go or where things need to go, where others need to be. Wherever life takes you or others is just fine. You die every moment, and you remember this. There is no right and wrong, no good or bad when it comes to conscious incarnation. Resist for a while and grow in consciousness at a slower rate. The resistance will eventually wear you down, and you will become ready to relax into the truth of life's divine order. Move ahead quickly in the practice and grow more conscious at a faster rate and affect the growth of consciousness in others too. As you practice, practice will become as natural as breathing. It will take less energy and concentration. But until then, you may find yourself working at remembering that life and death may await you, both of them, in the very next moment and the moment after that. And then you decide to live your life like this, at the edge where life or death could take you at any moment, and you will not resist. As we allow life to teach us and change us on its terms, in its way, in its time, we notice that we are happier and more peaceful. One day, 
we notice that there's far less suffering in our lives and we smile. We don't need to generate all that angst and energy anymore, and as a result, we grow in consciousness. We become an incarnation of consciousness. The effect of our growing consciousness is for the highest good of all. If you are experiencing a level of success in doing the practice, trust me, you have nothing to be concerned about. Whether it is your own life or the lives of those around you, you will naturally find yourself in the appropriate places. You will naturally find yourself having the appropriate conversations. You will find that your job, your family, your career are going exactly where they are supposed to go. You will find that all is well, not because your hands are on the wheel, but because they're off. At this level of conscious incarnation, the practice shows you how incredibly consumed you have been with the emotional experiences of your life, your external experiences, and how they have indeed limited the rate of transformation of your consciousness and kept you and your body, and to some degree those around you, in a state of disease. Your dedication to the practice will increase the unveiling of your God-given inner potential by removing what obstructs it. And all you have to do, as we all know, is practice. I became proficient at experiencing life in the way I set forward here because I practiced. As a student in life's classroom, I have come to know that this is the only way to experience life truly in its purest form as a reflection of God. Think of yourself as a reflection of life witnessing yourself being a reflection of life. It's a most amazing experience. Eventually, living life full and loving it unconditionally will be effortless, sometimes, then all the time, in any and every situation. Life then becomes an eternal experience happening moment to moment. As you practice, you become free as life always intended you to be. Practice for yourself. Practice for your loved ones. Practice for the world, for all life, everywhere.